you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. So what's going on, everyone? My name is Brandon Elliott, and welcome back to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. Super excited for our guests. What's up, Tiffany? How you doing? Hey, Brandon. How's it going? Good, good. How you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Um, Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, and I'm excited to uh, get to know your crowd and you a little bit more. Yeah, of course. So this is going to be an awesome day because I haven't actually talked too much on the podcast about subject twos. But you are, you know, you're just crushing it in that category along with real estate investing in general. You've been doing it for just a few years now, which is very exciting. But um, for people that don't know you, do you mind giving like a little rundown of your history, where you come from and, and how you got to where you're at today? Yeah, no problem. Um, so a little bit about me. My name is Tiffany Burns. Uh, I reside here in the OHIO Buckeye State, Columbus, Ohio. Um, I'm actually originally from Northwest Ohio, um, up in the Toledo, Ohio um, vicinity. And I, uh, I would say from a career perspective, I grew up in the corporate industry um, for the last decade after college and um, went into leadership in the oil and building materials industry. Um, and I really started getting started in real estate about six years ago. Uh, funny story. Uh, I woke up one day at the age of 25 and, uh, just even though I was killing it in real, in my corporate career, I just thought, you know, I can't handle just getting three to 4% raises every year. And I kept asking myself, well, how am I going to make more money? How am I going to make something of myself? How am I going to get out of this rut of traveling or eight to five and called my dad at 8 a.m. Told him, you know what? I see you guys do real estate. I see other people do real estate. I'm buying a house today. Um, I literally did not know what I was doing. I didn't even know what a proof of funds was. I didn't know how to make offers, all that kind of stuff. Um, So at my lunch break that day, I got on Zillow and um, just found a house in the area I wanted to look. Saw there was an open house that day left my um, job for the hour, for my lunch hour, and made an offer. Um, Funny thing is, I've had that house since um, that week. It was the first house I ever bought, and I actually just moved into it myself. It was a rental for the last six years, um, and is still today the best deal I've ever purchased um, from um, how much money I'll make off of it. So Wow. Um, that's kind of how I got started buying rentals six years ago. And then, um, you know, went through, kept going through corporate life, moved all over the country for 10 years. And, um, you know, I, about three years ago, I had a teenage brother get diagnosed with cancer. Um, so on that day that I found out, I, um, you know, got up and did not question leaving my job. I'm the oldest of a huge family. And my other brothers and sisters um, were, are, were still in high school. And I just, when I found out, I left my job to go help take care of my siblings. Um, started a different job, fortunately, at another corporation near my family. 
Um, and after he thankfully uh, fought cancer and is still here today, uh, he lost his leg uh, at age 19. And it was just one of those surreal moments where you realize if you want to be someone that life's short. Uh, and I knew who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. And I just kept waiting for like the right moment or the right time. Or and I just realized it's kind of like when you say you want to have kids someday and everyone tells you like, there's no right time. I don't care if you're a billionaire, like it doesn't matter. For sure. Um, so I just kept hearing that and I just, you know what, I woke up May, I think it was, it's, I know my last day was May 15th last year, but um, it was, you know, a little over a year ago now that I just woke up again, had an epiphany and decided, you know what, uh, I'm only going to find out uh, how I'm going to do with this is if I go all in and I did. So I left my job and got myself educated and started doing active real estate a little over a year ago um, from the renovation side. So wholesaling, uh, flipping and um, uh, it's kind of how I got rolling. And then uh, I actually didn't do well the first five or six months when it came to active real estate. Um, quite frankly, I miserably failed. Uh, so I was really good at marketing for deals and getting call people to call my phone. Um, but I wasn't good at converting them and I couldn't figure out why. And that's really what led me into doing subject to financing. Um, I ended up learning a little bit about it briefly at a seminar back in December. Um, I was kind of at this point in my real estate life where it was like, you know, I got, it's either make it or break it. I got to figure something out. Uh, and I learned how the basics of to do subject twos and I just started running. Um, I left that conference and uh, took that strategy, educated myself in that, and uh, you know I sold over a million dollars in homes from that first thirty days of what I was able to lock up uh, and subject to. So my life changed. My life definitely drastically changed after I learned the acquisition strategy. Woo. Just in six years, like all that. I mean, coming from such a humble background experience and doing very well with your previous uh, job, and then I, I love how you just. You go on a lunch break and you <laughs> put in an offer and you know, you're just an action driven type of person. I love that. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I always like to tell people, um, you know, if you spend time learning something, definitely take action. You'll never, it always, you always learn from failing. So of course, um, that's definitely how you learn as an entrepreneur and failure kind of comes with the territory. You aren't working hard enough if you aren't failing every so often. So. That's right. So let's talk about your failures just for a moment, because you said you had a lot of, you know, besides that first one, um, right from the, right from the get go, uh, you had a lot of failures kind of moving forward in the beginning doing active real estate. So what, what kind of, like what, where was your mindset when you, you just left your job, you got this first property that was doing extremely well. So that kind of builds up some confidence and some momentum. And then you jump in kind of like a full-time real estate and it's not going the way you planned. Yeah. So over the course of those six years, I did build up a little bit of a rental portfolio. Um, and when I started doing the active real estate in terms of learning how to do rehabs and wholesales, uh, you know, a lot of peers in the industry had said, you know, focus on marketing because if you don't find the deal, then nothing else matters after that. That's right. So I, I did do, I listened to them. Um, you know, I was doing direct mail uh, and, you know, I, I had bought into some programs, educated myself, and I think I struggled listening to the systems. So, okay. you know, when someone says the fortunes and the follow-up, for example, 
uh, statistics prove that, you know, maybe on a mailing campaign or whatever campaign it is that, you know, you're, your most your your most successful come from say the sixth touch or the eighth touch. That's right. Um, you know, I would mail them, and if I didn't convert something in the first or second touch, I would freak out and then change the list. Um, so I wasn't following the system, and I wasn't consistent. And I've realized the value in that. Um, I'm in a really competitive real estate market, so I had to learn how to set myself apart. So, you know, if there's anyone else out there sitting in a market like Columbus, Ohio, where it's growing like crazy, you know, you got investors all over the place. It's, uh, it's definitely tough to set yourself apart. And I can say, um, definitely vouch for the fact that subject to acquisition strategy has set me apart from my competition. Of course. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I, I can definitely agree with you because... I invest over in Ohio. I know a lot of my other fellow uh, investors and friends and relationships built over time. A lot of them invest over in Ohio as well. Um, so how do you set yourself apart? You said subject twos. If you want to dive into subject twos, exactly for people out there that might not understand, you know, what you're talking about when you say subject twos. Yeah. Um, so high level subject twos is uh, where you take over a homeowner's um, current financing. Yep. So uh, a lot of people, if you see on the purchase agreement, um, a lot of, at least in the state of Ohio, depending on their agreement, it will typically have a subject to sellers existing financing line. Okay. Um, so you're really just taking over uh, the, you're really, you're getting the deed and you're taking over the financing. Um, some people ask me, is, what's the difference between that and assuming the loan? Um, when you assume a loan, you're actually applying and then taking over that loan. So you're telling the bank uh, and subject to financing. The key is that the bank uh, doesn't know that you're taking it over um, and that you get ownership through the deed. So that is really high level of what subject to is. Um, and it, it really works in a lot of different um, target sellers niches, but especially for those that have equity. Yeah. Um, and it's a really, really great solution and option for especially people that are in financial distress because um, it can, you know, do things like help repair their credit and which really impacts their futures. Um, but really, the, the strategy is something as long as someone has a mortgage on a property with some equity, I am presenting that as an option regardless now on every single deal. For sure. Now. Have you ever ran into the situation where it's a due on sale clause? Because most mortgages have the due on sale clause um, that they could potentially actually go forth and either foreclose on it or ask for all the funds due at once. Nine times out of 10, that never actually happens because, you know, if the, the banks don't want to actually take back the property or have to deal with any of that chaos, as long as somebody's paying the, the mortgage, they're happy. But have you ever ran into anything like that? Um, I, I personally have not ever had a note called. Okay. Um, so it's definitely something you want to educate the seller on that it is typically going to be on theirs, especially if it's a Fannie or Freddie loan, um, and have them sign a due on sale acknowledgement form. Um, I did, uh, thankfully run into, uh, and I won't name the company right now, but he is a senior guy at one of the loan servicing companies. So a lot of big uh, banks, uh, especially your nationwide ones, they have a servicer that's actually between them and the consumer um, that's servicing the loan. And they're getting paid also based on that loan staying intact. 
Okay. So uh, it's really expensive for a bank to foreclose a home. Um, and uh, again, it's an insanely small percentage that it will get call get called. So that is one of the risks that I always, you know, inform and educate people on that it is a risk. Is it likely? Not likely. Yeah. Um, but you also have to know how to prepare. You know, if it does happen, what do you do next? And you know, my answer to that is make sure that you you're able to uh, pay that off if they want to call it. Uh, you know, you need to do subject twos with integrity and knowing that you know not to make promises you can't make. So as long as you promise and put into legal agreements that you're going to take over someone's loan that you can pay that. Uh, uh, and if it does get called, you know, something that's always an option is to make sure you're prepared from raising money, private money, sure. um, to pay that off in, you know, 30 days. So it's very unlikely. Uh, the bank also doesn't want to lose access to that mortgage. So there are ways to avoid the bank um, finding out and, uh, definitely steps that need to be taken when you're doing a subject to uh, both from, you know, educating the homeowner and then signing the right documents and following a solid process. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's definitely one of those risks, but it's definitely uh, a low percentage that it, it should happen. Okay. Now what is, uh, I guess the, the list that you're talking about on certain things that uh, you can avoid getting the banks to find out. I haven't heard about this. <laughs> Um, so actually one of the biggest risks is, um, you know, how you handle insurance and, uh, in every circumstance is a little bit different in how you would handle it. Um, so without getting into too much detail around it, the, the insurance has been the number one piece that can trigger the bank. So if you switch that insurance, for example, if it's escrowed in someone's mortgage mm -hmm. and you go from, and this actually happened to me as I was learning, um, you know, I switched it from that homeowner's name to our name and it drew a red flag to the mortgage company and they sent notices saying, Hey, why did this name change? Hey, why did this name change? You know, notices in the mail. Um, uh, it's kind of funny cause I actually was living in a house at that point during that time frame when I was getting those notices where my mailbox was like a mile down the road yeah. and it was in the middle of winter and I checked, I didn't check my mail as often as I should have. And I get there one day and I'm like, Oh crap, I've gotten three notices. And it was my first deal I ever did on a subject too. So, um, you know, I learned a lesson and had to switch that insurance back over and figure out how to handle that correctly now. Uh, but that is definitely going to be your biggest obstacle typically on uh, them finding out about a changeover. Um, so handling insurance the right way, depending on if it's escrowed, not escrowed. Um, and, you know, taking that piece of risk is something to educate yourself on and, and talk to your attorney as well um, based on your local state laws. Okay. So moving forward, how do you actually um, fix that type of situation? Like, how did you get yourself out of, out of that one? Um, so every situation is going to be different. So I don't want to give a one size fits all answer. For sure. Um, but that one in particular, I ended up rehabbing. So I did switch the insurance uh, back to the homeowner's name and also took on a policy of my own. Okay. Um, so I had two policies on it. Now, I, I will say that that's a risk right there. Cause if there's ever a claim on the property, then you might run into some problems. And that's really where uh, you have to decide what level of risk to take. And there's a couple different ways to handle the insurance. Yeah. Okay. 
And that's if you're not uh, putting it in a trust. In this circumstance, I did not put this in a trust. Um, this was in my in my uh, name. So um, again, there, it's kind of case by case and how the insurance is being handled. If it's in the end mortgage, not in the mortgage, if you're going to rehab it, if you're going to put a renter in it, um, it's just like, you know, if you're going to rehab a home versus put a renter, renter in it, you would have two different types of insurance. So, okay. um, it's really on your exit strategy as well. So the biggest red flag that can come up is really dealing with the insurance. So really just be cautious how you actually switch that over or how you're actually paying uh, the insurance. So yep. the red flags don't come up to the bank. Okay. Yeah. That's probably, um, your greatest risk of the bank finding out. Mm. Uh, I'm sure there's other pieces. Uh, funny story. I actually had someone tell me they've been doing subject twos for 15 years and they had one note called on them and it was because the individuals they took over the house from went through a divorce and the guy who was um, in the divorce just to be angry did it on purpose and called the bank to tell them. So they called the note. Um, so like, you know, what can you do there? But, um, yeah. you know, some, some investors, including that one, you know, they're sitting on some of these subject to deals for 15 years and they don't, you know, refi it into their own name or anything. Um, I personally don't take on that strategy. You know, my goal is to get everything to be in my own name is, you know, within a year or less. Uh, one of the big values of a subject to for those that are newer entrepreneurs or don't have W2s anymore, anything like that, is that it's easier to then take the deed and own a property and season out the ownership. Because a lot of banks, um, even though you don't have a W2 and they won't give you a new loan, they're much easier to refi if you've had the ability to season out the ownership. Mm, that's so a great tip. That's an awesome yeah. tip. So, so if, if you're working that day job or they, you know, they're, they're an entrepreneur and they don't have the, you know, the W2 coming in, um, then they can still, as long as the, they are taking care of the property, they're managing it and seasoned, you know, for a few years, then taking that to the bank, it's a lot more presentable. Yeah. So if you, so for example, let's say you get a, a lead in place and you take over the loan and they have 35% equity. Um, if you can season that out for even three to six months, almost any hard money lender out there today, uh, you can definitely find one. If you can't reach out to me, but um, you can get it refinanced with a hard money lender, even uh, three or six months into your own name. And if you know, you can get 35% equity, you should be typically all in with none of your own money then. So you take over that loan, you got 30, 35% equity. You can get it refined at, 70 to 75% loan to value. I mean, you just took over an asset with little to none of your own money. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. What a solid strategy. So, so uh, yeah. Yeah. So tell me about, you know, what the average day looks like for you <laughs> and, and picking up these properties. Um, you know, I, I love telling people that I'm really good at educating on uh, subject twos and I'm scaling right now. And I, you know, I have my own coach for scaling as well. Um, so right now we, uh, you know, I would say we've become very good at marketing. Okay. Um, so we are doing just like any entrepreneur, we're, we're trying to become really good at time blocking. Mm -hmm. um, so there are certain hours of the day that we're doing marketing tasks. Um, Josh High, who's my fiance and business partner. 
he comes from the construction world. So thankfully, uh, cause it's definitely not my strength. Uh, yeah. he, he kind of plays the project management role. So he's out handling contractors and, um, you know, that in and of itself, if you're doing five to 10 projects at a time, this is definitely a full-time job. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, is out in the field almost every day, all day. And then I am handling marketing, uh, I have recently hired a lead processor, but before I was taking up most of the calls, I do have help now uh, from a VA that we have doing outbound calls. Um, and we've taken on some very strong automated marketing systems, uh, both online and offline uh, that we partner with now uh, that for both direct mail, Facebook targeting ads, um, we do a ton of other campaigns that are even, you know, budget friendly and free. Uh, funny thing is our, we've probably uh, converted over half of our subject to through one of our Facebook campaigns that's free. Okay. Um, so, uh, so we definitely have a variety of campaigns that we've built over time. And one of the biggest things we've learned with that, like, you know, any coach says is document process, create training videos and outsource. And so we're really trying to conquer that piece of it and continue to outsource things to VAs. Okay. I love it. So tell me how you kind of, when you actually do get a lead, it comes in, then how to, how do you actually set up the structure of a subject to, you just jump on the phone with the seller and kind of, you know, work out this type of option and educate them first or do you meet up with them in person and kind of go over some strategies? Yeah. Um, good question. I, over time, um, have built a pretty strong ability to pretty much get them to the, uh, signature point through the phone. Nice. Um, but I do meet with them in person. Uh, so as we grow out markets, um, if I do have some of these actually recorded so you, you can, so I can help train people with the phone calls, but, Nice. Um, I will say that it takes building credibility and trust to get somebody to feel comfortable with doing that. Yep. Uh, so we do that through, not just through us, but you know, one of our biggest things is face our Facebook business page. Um, you know, we hired a company to come help us make professional, a little bit more professional videos and content. Mm -hmm. And that's eventually releasing right now. We just started putting videos out, but when you send a seller, uh, especially someone that might be in a distressed situation and say, Hey, you know, before I come out this week, you know, have, have, did you get a chance to check out our business Facebook page? We'd love it if you check it out. You never know who you're working with sometimes in, uh, in the industry. And I just want to make sure that you understand you're working with a solid family ran, uh, real estate solutions company. Um, check out our videos, our photos. You know, I just want to make sure you feel comfortable with us. Uh, cause we, um, we want to make sure we give you solid uh, advice and all that. So that really helps us build that credibility. So now before we even get to their house, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, what if they ask you this? What if they ask you about the bank calling note? Honestly, by the time I get to their house now and they look at the stuff I've built credibility online, yeah. they don't even ask me those questions. Of course. Um, I've pretty much like beaten those objections through trust. Yep. And from there, they're really just saying, well, what papers do I got to sign? And it's not, well, it's not them being intimidated signing them. It's more of how does the process actually work then from there? Of course. Yeah. Just guiding them along to, to finish the deal. So a yep. lot of these people, they, 
these are motivated sellers that you're getting. They're not like on the MLS or anything like that. You're finding strong leads um, through your marketing. Uh, so I will say that most of our um, subject twos have been through motivated sellers, uh, but uh, we have um, recently uh, identified say key areas for rentals in particular that we want to take on. And what we're doing now is we're identifying uh, say we have a goal of so many properties per day on the MLS. So we have searches built out and it says, Hey, if this house, you know, anything comes up in this range with X, Y, Z in this neighborhood, we have an, an, a pre-made email that a VA can then take to email and find out who's the listing agent, email that listing agent and say, Hey, notice you have a property listed at X, Y, Z address. Um, not sure if you've heard of us. We own heels homes here locally. Uh, we uh, are looking to take on some more rental properties. This one looks like a great fit. Do you know if your seller would be interested in subject to financing? Um, and if you don't understand what that is, I'd be happy to jump on a call. We do several of these a month um, and we keep it pretty basic and uh, we just started doing this. But the funny thing is we got, you know, we have been getting positive responses one of them actually was an investor who had nine other properties they were going to sell off their portfolio because they were retiring yeah. and they had Fannie Mae, Fannie Freddie loans on all of them. Um, and they were interested in talking about it. So we're still in the midst of that conversation, but, um, I haven't closed a deal off that yet, but I just started doing this and I believe, uh, any campaign that you take on, if you do it consistently, it'll, it'll work over time. Um, and we've also now had quite a few because of that credibility we build on Facebook, it gets shared and we've had now, uh, two deals we've closed off someone just finding us somehow on Facebook to our business page. I love it. And they were in distress, I will say, yeah. but I didn't target them through distress means they found us Yeah. and we closed them on subject two. I love it. So, so what is the name of uh, the company again? And how, how did they find you on Facebook? Um, it's Heels Homes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're rocking um, the shirt. <laughs> yeah. So it says Heels Homes. Uh, so yeah. it's H E E L S like high heels. Okay. Um, it's funny because Josh's last name is high and we're getting married and everyone's like, Oh, when you guys get married, you're going to call it high heel homes. Um, <laughs> anyways. Uh, but I honestly, I don't know how they're finding me. I just know that our brand has grown and been shared over time. Every so often, what we'll do is these professional videos we're getting made when we put it out that day, we'll boost, um, they'll pay like, you know, two, three, four dollars to boost a video. And the video is not asking for anything. Like we're just promoting the brand and we see that as a cost of doing business. Yeah. Uh, uh, so my mindset as an entrepreneur changed over time and I realized that I can't just be spending marketing dollars on mail and targeting people, but I need to just spend marketing dollars and growing my brand and who we are. Of course. Um, so it's, uh, that's what we've been doing. And I assume that's how they found us cause that's how they explain it. Um, yeah. so, you know, someone in their family saw something of ours online and just, they reach out and say, Hey, we, we heard about you guys. Can you tell us what you have to offer? Here's our situation. So as far as uh, marketing goes, how much are you actually, if you don't mind me asking, uh, how mm -hmm. much do you put towards marketing your budget every month? Yep. So my goal is to stick within no more than 10% of my profits. Okay. And I don't know if that's like an industry average. That's just what we've targeted. 
Yeah. Um, so the most expensive campaigns we do are direct mail and Facebook targeting ads. Um, we actually just started Facebook targeting ads recently and it's been wild. We've, we've closed three contracts in less than a few weeks okay. off them. Um, and we have uh, a guy that's handling it for us. And the reason why it's a little bit more expensive compared to probably others is because we want to, we want to grow our business being hands off. So we've taken on partners in the industry and companies versus just VAs that handle the automation Okay. and the automation comes with a price. Um, and so we, from a, uh, CRM and direct mail, uh, and, and VAs handling our system is now outsourced with a company. And then our Facebook targeting ads is also, we, you know, we outsource that we pay someone to go handle it all, get creative. We just take in leads, call people back and run leads. I love um, it. so that's what we try to focus on and we see the value of that a little bit more expensive price tag by not involving ourselves in the nitty gritty anymore of that stuff. Yeah. And how many deals are you averaging per month? We were probably, um, there for a while it was a lot. It was like five to eight plus. Um, but you know, as we continue to scale this last couple months, we purposely cho chose to slow down a little bit, of course. um, because we needed to take a step back in order to put more systems in place. Sometimes you have to do that. Yeah. Uh, so we've been working closely with our mentor as well and, you know, taking a step back, slowing down so that we can properly train people, bring the right people on and build the right team. And, uh, cause you know, if, I think any guy out there, if you're out there listening and you've scaled a uh, real estate business, you know what I'm talking about when, and you do as well is that, you know, you get yourself caught up in, you know, your first time ever doing five or 10 rehabs at a time and, uh, you might want to pull your hair out. So, yeah. um, I'm doing so two remodels right now and it, it's, it's getting to that point a little bit. I don't have too much hair left as you can tell. <laughs> yeah. But it's getting to that point. Yeah. Well, maybe there's a reason why my fiance is bald. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we uh, were, you know, and the other thing too, as you grow over time, you realize the value of time freedom and not just financial freedom. Um, yes. And so, you know, you ask yourself, you know, what's your financial goals? What's the lifestyle you want to live? And you backtrack your uh, goals and how many deals you take on based on that. Um, you know, we took on more than we could handle for a little while because we became really good at marketing and finding deals and we didn't necessarily need all those deals. Yeah. So now, you know, we're trying to make sure we uh, take on wholesaling more of them versus just rehabbing and, and scaling appropriately. So those are kind of some of our uh, pain points and um, definitely scaling is uh, a big task and growing a team isn't always easy. Um, so it's always about having the right people and, uh, they make or break you. So, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that too. I mean, that's, that's definitely, uh, it's very awesome to, to hear from, you know, where, where you're at right now to actually have to scale back a little bit, just to make sure everything's running properly is yeah. so, so important. And so many other people, they do exactly the opposite of what you just did. Like they, they just go, you know even further into the craziness, which it doesn't typically end up well. But I also love that you ended up mentioning um, that you have, you know, guidance, a mentor, you know, somebody that, that gives you that, that help along the way, because I feel like we all need that at the end of the day to get to our next level, somebody that's already been there and, and done it. Yeah, I think, uh, 
I think having mentors, especially in something you have, you don't have experience in is crucial to your success. Um, in every way, fashion or form, like I have coaches, not just for real estate, I have coaches for my personal life and mentors, um, you know, some paid, some free, uh, but it's all about who you surround yourself with and having a mentor and a coach that holds you accountable, um, is really important. And if you try to go the route, in my opinion, where, uh, they obviously come with price tags to a degree. And, yeah. um, when you try to teach yourself something you've never done, it typically will end, uh, by probably some mistake along the way that would have paid for that coach anyways. So yeah, it's going to cost so much more and it's going to take so much longer and so much frustration during that whole time. So if you just have some guidance of like somebody that's already been there and already has been very successful at it, just come in, look at your, what you're doing and then just tweak it just a little bit. It makes life so much easier. At least oh, for yeah. me, I know it, it's been a blessing for me and, and hiring coaches. Yeah, uh, I do. I do have a question that uh, somebody live has asked Catherine. Um, so she asked, how does a realtor make money on subject to deals? Um, good question. I, I don't, I'm not an agent by the way. So um, I could, probably can't give like a, any great advice in terms of like the legalities of what you have to disclose and all that. Of course. Um, I can share with, uh, myself is that, you know, realtors help me also understand the true value of something if I can't quite figure it out myself. Um, so I have some solid agents that I work with all the time. And so let, let's say your exit strategy with your subject to deal and you find it off market is either wholesaling it or list rehabbing it and listing it. Um, you know, you obviously want to have a solid agent on your team. Uh, just because you're an agent, um, and I don't, I don't know the ans right answer to this. I'm sure I'm assuming you have to disclose to them that you're not acting as an agent. If you do a subject to deal, um, you'll want to advise with your attorney, but, uh, you know, taking over a property, you know, whether you're an agent or not, you know, I don't know if that really makes the difference. You can just depends on your exit strategy. Are you looking to hold it for passive income, wholesale it or rehab it? Uh, and an agent is involved with me from the perspective of wholesaling and rehabbing on my team. You know, if I'm holding it, then, you know, an agent's not involved. If yeah. I find, you know, our goal is that if we find a deal in the MLS and there's an agent representing it, um, in, like I said before, we have not actually completed one from the MLS yet because we just started that campaign. Um, you know, we do have an agent on the team, so we could uh, provide them some type of, um, you know, we look at maybe trying to figure out how we can do a referral fee or, okay. um, you know, work something out, a finder's fee, you know, something like that. Um, I'd have to work through that if it was an MLS listing and think about it for a minute. But yeah. if you're asking in the sense that you're an agent, how do I do them to make money? I would think it's like any other investor. If you're listing it and someone asks, like we're asking, that's something we're going to work through right now. For sure. And there, there is a big difference between like an investor and a realtor. Um, just cause you gotta kind of understand the differences there and, and kind of choose which path you want to, um, be in, which you could definitely dip into both. I, I know yeah, for sure. plenty of successful people that are crushing it, doing both. Um, cool. So as far as you said, your exit strategy is typically always to take over the property within one year or so. Uh, you mean sell it or what do you mean? Are uh, either sell it or uh, is that, is that the main goal? 
or so, to keep it as a rental? Um, I mean, every deal is going to be, um, yeah, you know, analyzed separately. So I'll build the exit strategy based on, you know, what are they paying monthly? What kind of yeah. equity do we have? Is there cash flow if we did hold it? Um, and then as I create the exit strategy, whether it's holding it as a passive um, property, we could wholesale it. Uh, but like right now we have one in contract that is going to be definitely an awesome rehab opportunity. Okay. Um, we'll probably look at taking over the deed. Uh, and then when we go to wholesale it though, we'll require that they pay cash. Um, yeah. You can get into a little bit of a messy transaction on wholesaling and having them take over, take over another loan that you're in the middle. Um, so I do recommend, I'm sure you can get away with it uh, with the right contracts, but I do recommend having the next guy for wholesale it pay cash um, or rehab it yourself. So uh, I think it's, it's evaluated no differently than any other um, investment that you're probably looking at. It's just, of course. the beauty is you don't have to raise the purchase price. So imagine, uh, like, like for example, one of them we just sold, the loan amount that we took over was about 146, I think it was. Okay. Um, and then we had a less than $20,000 renovation. So imagine how many more private lenders have less than 20 grand versus someone that has 180 grand. Yeah. Um, it really opens your book to a lot more lenders out there. It's a lot easier to find money in my opinion and, uh, a lot, typically a lot cheaper. So if you're only holding that thing for three months or less, or depending on the size of the renovation, um, yeah. I mean, you're looking at saving a ton of money in private lending. Of course. Yeah, that's huge. So for most of these projects, you're not putting any money down. You're just taking over their current mortgage. Um, so for the most part, there's quite a few properties, uh, that we take over the loan. And if they're for any reason in pre foreclosure, yeah, we reinstate their loan. Of so course. let's say if that there's that, let's say that they're six months behind on their mortgage. We kind of see that reinstatement is similar to a down payment, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of loans about seven to 10 grand is what we've had to reinstate if they're in foreclosure. Okay. Uh, I would say over half of our subject twos, we've literally put $0 into and then just listed it and wholetailed it on the market and made 30 plus grand. I love it. Um, so those are the beautiful ones, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with being a really hot market. Of course. Um, especially in school districts and uh, the, the type of price range we're targeting. Yeah. So uh, that's been a beautiful thing, obviously. And then we have pay ahead some where we take over the loan and they aren't financially distressed. They just have a different type of distress situation, whether it's medical, moving, whatever it is. Uh -huh. um, and we have never paid more than 20 grand uh, to date over the loan. Um, and, and the way that we're looking at that again is, you know, the, I don't know if all the other investors use this, but when we go visit a property, we really just use like top of mind of the Mayo formula you know, the ARV times 70% minus repairs. And that just gives us a feel before we start rolling in the details. Mm -hmm. um, and so whether it's a subject to or a cash deal, that's how I recommend looking at it at first glance. Um, so I try to, I try to not look at it any different. And, um, you know, if it's an over $200,000 house, I'll, I'll times it by 75% because there's some more room to play with there. Okay. Um, but something, you know, it's, it's going to be case by case a little bit and how someone might look at some of these. Cause if you think about it, like, let's say I find a property, uh, that, which this is happening, this just happened. 
Um, I got a house in contract uh, subject to the financing. They owed 45,000. I gave them 10 grand, I'm giving them 10 grand. Uh, so the purchase price will be 55. Um, it's ARV'd at uh, 125. Um, and this thing will rent out for about $1,100. So the cash flow is great. I got tons of equity. Um, and so there's a lot of things you can do there with that. Uh, but I look at it as in, let's say I hold this and I sell it my, or I, let's say I, um, no, let's say we hold it for a year. The cash flows, let's say I make 250 a month. So the 250 times 12, and then you divide it really by the 10 grand you put into it. Cause that's yeah. really the true investment you put into this. And then look at, look at your cash on cash return. Yep. Um, so there's some different ways to look at subject twos based on what, um, what you're really looking to accomplish. Uh, and if you hold it as a rental, then there's four ways you're making money. Uh, cash flow is just one of them. Um, so it, there's a ton of value in subject twos because especially if you're taking one over with none of your own money. Yeah. Yeah. I love um, it. That's why I love real estate so much because there's so many different opportunities. Like you have your, your ideal, um, plan A and then you got B, you got C, D. There's like so many different strategies that you could really come up with to really still make it a crushing deal for you, which is yeah, so awesome. for sure. And you're definitely crushing it doing, you know, taking advantage of the subject twos. So I love Thanks. it. Yeah. I, uh, I know I, we chatted the other day about you doing the Burr method and I really need to start doing more of that with these sub twos. I've been flipping a lot of them lately. Um, but you know, refinancing them and holding them as assets, especially with sub twos, uh, taking over that deed a lot easier is and seasoning out that loan would be super valuable. Um, I do do that, but not near as much as what I should. So that will definitely be something we'll be talking about here soon. Yeah. Yeah. I love taking advantage of the birth strategy because just like you were saying with the cash on cash return, that's like what I focus on and, yep. and having as little as possible money into each deal, but still cash flow each month is, is my ideal goal. And, uh, it's been beneficial so far, but I'm really interested in what you're doing right now because yep. I mean, if I could just implement a, a little bit more of your strategy into mine, then it's going to be home runs. I love it. Yeah. And the big home run with that is if you refi it uh, and pull cash out and not to pay taxes, that's the real win. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. That's the best. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, but I mean, when it comes to the Burr method or taking on passive properties, the big value add here is again, the, the ability to season out that ownership. Um, and, you know, try really hard to get that at enough equity to be able to refi it with none of your own money. Yeah. Um, so then from there, it's all about the type of uh, lending you go get. So whether someone's willing to loan you at 70% loan to value or 80% makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. So, so there is a couple questions in here and I don't know if, uh, we can jump into these right now, but maybe later on, uh, jump into these. Like Billy asked, how do you find renters? And, um, uh, Ruby asks, how do you wholesale a subject to, um, so I have a subject to contract, uh, <clears throat> that has a provision on it that I have the rights to assign the contract. Of course. Um, again, I'm not an attorney. I do not know your state laws and I do yeah. know that some states are very strict about that. Um, so you definitely want to talk to your local attorney about that. Um, or, you know, you can take over the deed and wholesale it out. I mean, if you 
the, the beauty about subject twos is it's all about making sure you have the right paperwork and it can be done pretty quickly. Uh, you can take over the deed, take over the ownership. Um, it's, it's, in essence, it's kind of like double closing, right? Like you're, you're taking over subject to the seller's financing, get it closed, push it out to your wholesale list and find a cash buyer. Um, and then when it comes to finding renters, uh, that's one of those things. I finally took the leap. I have a property manager now for my renters, so they do all that. Um, I'm really trying to find time freedom in my life right now. Uh, but I, I was managing them for five years leading up to this. And uh, Zillow was actually, Zillow um, was probably my number one source to find renters, uh, which is pretty well like, you know, I don't know what size of city you live in, but in a big city, you definitely can find renters that way. Yeah, I was just about to mention, like, I, I'm doing the crazy thing. I, I didn't leverage out my, uh, my portfolio yet, so I'm managing all my properties right now. But I'm really strict. I... I screen just like a bank. So nine times out of 10, I'm getting like the best of the best tenants yeah. and, and all my properties are remodeled. So I don't have any issues uh, for, for the most part. Um, but yeah, I, I use Zillow. They put it out to like six or seven different platforms, I believe, which helps. Uh, there's a couple Facebook groups. If you talk to, you know, any agents that you're building relationships with, you know, they can help market it for you. So there's a, there's a bunch of different ways. I put out flyers as well in the area. I don't put a house sign in front, um, like for rent, but that's just because of the area that I invest in in general, I think that would be a little, like a red flag of like, come and check out my empty home. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you, if you take on a CRM, um, I learned this trick, uh, from somebody in a program that uh, you can have a sign that says, you know, text, you know, this number or whatever, text this word to this number. Um, and you might get a hundred people out of nowhere that are interested in that rental. And let's say you get it filled. Well, now you all of a sudden have a list built of potential renters or even, by the way, potential first time home buyers in the yeah. future. Um, so if you have that type of CRM by any chance, uh, I've heard that has been like a big one for some bigger uh, property managers too, is having that, uh, mobile campaign of course i love that that's solid information especially know, on campus on yeah. campus yeah yeah i know a bunch of people that are actually crushing it doing exactly that as well so very cool yeah so, um as far as when you're dealing with the the sellers the the homeowners at the time um i know you said you know nine times out of ten you're really handling a majority of the no like and trust factor and getting them to be on board with with what you're educating them on uh, to solve their problems over the phone so about how long are, are you spending um, speaking with them and how much is you educating them uh, in comparison to you actually listening to you know their story or whatever kind of problems that, that they have at the time yeah um, good question so I will say that on average, if it's a lead on the phone, that's actually going to convert. Um, I've noticed that my calls are anywhere from 20 to 30 plus minutes. Okay. Uh, so I've just happened to notice that. And in the beginning, I, and I say, whether you're on the phone or you're in person, when you get to a seller's house, even the first thing that I do is focus on their goals. I don't want to see their whole house. I don't want to walk their house yet until I really understand what are you trying to accomplish? 
because if I can't hit their goals, guys, like I'm going to be honest with them. I want to do what's in the seller's best benefit um, and look out for their best interests. So, cause at the end of the day, even though I'm not an agent, um, you know, if I, if I feel it's in their best interest to list the property, I'm going to do that. You know, it depends on what their motivation is. Yep. And, um, you know, I think some people are surprised that let's say they're not in financial distress, but we recently had someone that, um, they were moving out of the country for the Peace Corps and they were moving in 30 days and they just didn't have time to go through listing it on the market, having buyers come in, getting it closed. Um, and everyone has different motivations and different stories and different situations in life. Um, so the first thing that I do on the phone is, you know, I ask lots of questions. We base it around their goals. What are they looking to accomplish? Once we understand that, we want to understand, you know, do you have a mortgage on the property? Okay, you know, then as you're on the phone, hopefully you're capable of looking up the values. Um, even if it's just checking Zillow real fast, you know, I don't, definitely don't use that for yeah. your ARV. Don't um, use that. <laughs> definitely don't use that, but um, like you need to get a glance or an understanding if you can while they're on the phone as to the value. And if you can't, I recommend saying, Hey, you know, I'm out of the office right now. Um, the first thing that I need to do is check out, you know, X, Y, Z, whether it's the, the value, um, or get enough information out of them so that when you go set up a meeting to see them, um, then you can compare it to the market value or give them a call back. Okay. Um, so I try to look up the values while I'm on the phone. I want to understand their situations. I try to focus on building rapport, you know, building that rapport in the beginning, uh, and trust is, is extremely important to the success of the rest of the call. Of course. Um, so, you know, you want to find out, I have a, a call tracking system that I know what campaign they're calling me from. Okay. So, you know, whether it was mail, Facebook targeting ads, I have different phone numbers that track all to my phone number. Do you use uh, CallRail or what yes. CallRail? Yep. Yeah, I use CallRail. Very cool. Yep. Um, and so, but if someone calls my company number for some reason, then I really don't know how they found me because I have, you know, my company numbers on a few different things. So, you know, we focus on their goals. We want to understand what they want to accomplish. And I always want to make sure before getting off the phone, if I do feel it's worth both of our time sitting with each other, hey, if we come to your house this week, um, let's, let's take a look at the calendar and we can work this out and hit your goals. Are you prepared to sign a, a purchase agreement? Yeah. Because, um, you know, I've learned over time at first, everyone that was motivated to sell, I wanted to get in front of them because I thought for sure I can convince them in person. Um, but now it's to the point where times of value and you really want to do good at screening people in on the phone and qualifying them appropriately. So that way, you know, 80% of the deals you're actually spending time in person going to their house or closing. Yeah. That, that's very, very good information because at the end of the day, you're really going to waste a lot of your time if you don't get those commitments uh, ahead of time over the phone. So then yeah. you can also bring that back to them at, at, uh, at their house if they say, you know, they said yes back there and then, and then uh, in person they're like, well, I don't think I'm ready yet. Then, you know, you can just relay the message that, you know, you told me yes before, so I don't, what, what happened? And then figure out what the true reason is and then you'll be able to tackle that uh, at hand. Very yeah, cool. and some of your best virtual wholesalers out there, I can name a couple like Bryce McKinley and yeah. 
Um, I mean, they're, they're experts at saying, you know, we're going to be putting time and energy into getting someone out there taking photos and um, all that. And he gets them to sign a contract virtually, you know, electronically saying, hey, contingent us walking through an inspection coming to a further agreement, you know, this is what we're moving forward with. Okay. And uh, I will say that, you know, if, you know, I, I personally feel like I failed in the beginning when I started doing active real estate because I was so intimidated to talk to people on the phone about distress situations, mm -hmm. um, even in person. And so you only get better with practice. And sometimes you feel like, oh man, I'm back in first grade, I'm role playing and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but honestly, Josh and I, we have scripts and uh, especially... If you've ever heard of NLP, Neuro Linguistics Programming, we have specific questions we practice and we role play with each other. Yeah. Uh, if for any reason we run a lead together, we practice with each other, like we role play in the car. Um, and practice, you know, if you if practice makes perfect, just like you taught, you got taught when we were growing up, um, practice, practice, practice. And if for some reason after a while, it's still something that scares you, I recommend putting you know, hiring a VA or somebody that is an expert at that, you know, you don't have to be an expert at everything in this business. Um, but that initial contact with that seller is so important to getting a deal done that you need to make sure that you're either role playing or having an expert qualify that uh, lead for you to attend. Yeah, I love it. It is so, so important to constantly be practicing and improving yourself because if not, you're going to you're going to get caught like with a deer in the headlights type of situation, not know what to say or react. And then they're going to sense that the sellers yeah. are going to sense that. And then they're not going to want to work with you because you're not confident in yourself. So that is very yeah. good. Do you have any books that you recommend uh, for anybody on subject twos or um, anything that you would kind of put out there? Um, from books on subject two, I have yet to find a book uh, in particular in subject twos that I've read that I recommend. Yeah. Or like um, a book in general that stands out to you that has really motivated you throughout life. Yeah. So um, I actually really highly recommend one that I just got done with. Um, let me hold on. My phone is actually off. So that way it didn't go off while we were on this thing. Um, but uh, it's actually about neuro linguistics programming. Okay. And if you do, you know, if you or the audience doesn't know what that is, I definitely um, recommend educating yourself on it because learning how to control your own mind uh, is one thing. And then once you master learning how to control your mind and learning how to use it in negotiation tactics uh, with integrity is probably the most powerful thing you'll ever learn in your life, in my opinion. Of course. Um, so there's, if you just even Google you know, NLP uh, books or classes or whatever. Um, there's a ton out there and there's even some in regards to real estate. Yeah. Um, so that's something I push, but I'm, you know, I'm reading your basic one uh, on audiobook right now. So for those that like listening in the car, uh, let me see if I can get my phone up, but um, it's basically, you know, an NLP basics. So that way you can start and understand what it is first. Yeah. And it gives you these, um, you know, practice methods and you uh, go through this and really spend time on it and you will be just blown away at how you will be able to relate to anyone and improve your relationships, including not just negotiations. It's, you know, with yourself, how do you take yourself into the right mindset every single day and bring yourself peak performance? For sure. But um, once you can learn how the mind works and how 
we relate to people, whether it's through um, visual, voice, touch, whatever it is, it really teaches you how to master that. And I just think that it's one of the most powerful tools that you can learn um, in any regards to real estate, whether it's negotiating with a vendor, one of your private lenders, subject twos, um, one of your partners in the industry, I think it's powerful. Um, so right now, uh, this one's good for beginners and it's called uh, NLP, The Essential Guide. Um, and let's see here, and it's um, Tom Hubiar and Tom Dotes with Susan Sanders. Uh, and it's, it's called Creating the Person You Wanna Be. And this one's really focusing on how do I learn NLP within myself? How do I control my mind? How do I understand how it works? Once you understand it yourself, the second half of this book is about, okay, now I know how my mind works. How do I, how do I figure out what other people are thinking? And then how do I get out of them what I'm trying to get? Yeah. Um, and I just think it's, I still think it's mind blowing. I think it's phenomenal. So one of my biggest goals this year is to get master certified in NLP. Cause I just think really? it's, I think okay. it would, I think it leveled me up in business. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. <clears throat> I love it. So you've always just been like an action type of person that just goes for it. Uh, head on type of type of mentality, right? Yeah. I, uh, I've just realized that when you say well, I'm waiting for the right time for something to happen, it never is the right time for anything. You just got to run after it and know that mistakes will get made and then just learn from them and make sure that you, um, you know, learn from those mistakes that you don't make them again. But it really takes doing that to learn and level yourself up. Yeah. I love it. For sure. Yeah. So selfish plug for me. Um, so if you guys hate that book, then check out this one. I'm just kidding. Oh yeah. <laughs> so action driven, it, uh, definitely kind of prepares you, um, to on a daily basis on things to do to actually stay motivated and, and productive to hit your goals, be a man or woman of your word. And, um, and really just crush it over time. I've always been known as like somebody that takes a lot of action. And I mean, obviously you're, you're very like-minded because you just go for it, which is awesome. So you have that so right. What are, some of the, what are some of the biggest pieces of advice you put in there about taking action? Yeah. So it's all about like, um, there's a lot of storytelling in it about my personal story. So people can get to know, like, and trust me a little bit more. But, uh, in there, there's, all types of strategies that I do on a daily basis with time blocking, with um, the night before going over exactly what your goals are for the day uh, moving forward. So you're not just waking up and like, what, what do I do next? Really waking up early and controlling your morning, I feel like is so important to, to really take control of your whole day and, and stay on top of that. Um, as well as kind of looking at the end goal insight and then backtracking to see see what you need to do on a daily basis as well you know um moving forward on a weekly a monthly to make sure that you're on track so yeah, it's a lot of good yeah. things on there yeah i totally agree with you that's uh definitely awesome advice um i always think the big morning routine is huge uh getting up and spending you know a few hours to yourself and understanding and visualizing your success uh is crucial yeah having gratitude for what you got right now and, and writing out your goals. Very important. Yeah. So, so I want to talk about your course right now because I, I personally, I haven't ran into anybody else that is teaching what you are teaching and it's so phenomenal. It's like, this is going to take my business to the next level. I promise you that. 
And I'm very, very excited. I'm super grateful and thankful that you just poured in, you know, took time out of your day to actually pour into all of us and, and uh, really give back to the listeners. So I am very, very thankful for you to say the least. But, you know, you are just about to have your first course out, correct? Yep. Um, yeah. yeah, thanks for the kind words. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, um, you know, I'm humble in saying that I've, that I've started, I started doing subject twos this last year, and it really took my business and my life to a whole nother level. Um, you know, unfortunately, but fortunately, in the beginning, I really taught myself a lot of it. Um, so I did use tools that were out there. Uh, but a lot of it was trial by error on some of the, um, you know, different types of sellers, you know, making sure I had the right pitch, how do I find them? How do I negotiate them? What are the right documents? Um, so all of those things I kind of put together and over time as you know, people saw me creating these deal and getting these deals done. A lot of people reached out to me. Um, and I'm always the first to say, man, with me and technology, this is why I'm really good at closing deals, but I'm really not good at using the computer. Um, so it took, <laughs> so it kind of took me a little while, but, uh, I just, you know, the, you know, my following had, you know, been requesting it and I want to see everyone else, uh, that definitely is at least struggling how I was, you know, take their lives and their businesses and level them up. And those people that are already killing it in deals, uh, if you just could add one more option and one more tool to your tool belt, um, imagine how many more deals you can get done. So, you know, after learning this tactic, um, I made six figures in 30 days, but you know, one of those deals is worth 20 plus grand. So, you know, my ultimate goal out of this course is that you know, people walk away and in that first month of learning how to do it and you know, one deal, I mean, I don't know everyone else's average profit, but you know, even if you wholesale it, it's worth 10 to 20 grand. Um, so I'm super excited. Uh, you know, not only are we going to go over how to get a subject two done, but I know a lot of people are like, okay, you know, I don't want to just learn how to do it. I want to learn how to find them. Of course. And that in of itself, in my opinion, is just a whole nother course, but we're throwing it in here and we're getting down to the details. So we're going to go over some of my personal online, offline, paid, budget-friendly, and free campaigns. Um, and we're actually, uh, we're going to have, since this is my first go-round, uh, we're doing it live in a private Facebook group. So everyone's going to get my one-on-one live attention uh, every week. Wow. And it's going to be six weeks long. So we're going to do the courses uh, live every Tuesday, as well as, um, We've gotten the group started, but the course doesn't start till next Tuesday. Okay. Um, we're going, I'm going to be uh, throwing out some friendly uh, competitions. We're going to go, we're actually right now doing things in super detail, like down to the step. Uh, you know, how do you find the courthouse leads? How do you find certain leads in your county um, to hold people accountable? Cause I know everyone can, can buy a course and uh, you know, get out their credit card, but to have someone holding you accountable is a whole nother level um, so that I'm cool. offering with this course. And that's what I'm doing. So I'm really excited. Uh, uh, we kickstart next Tuesday and um, I'm just ready to help people, you know, get their first subject to deal done and experience and really separate themselves out from the pact in their own market. So let me just get this straight. So you said within 30 days, you made six figures. I did. Yes. I had, I took on four, uh, I think it was four or five subject twos or more in the first 30 days. And, um, it was over a million dollars in revenue and over six figures in profit when we closed them. So 
Wow. That's crazy. I love it. Yeah. And just one deal, 20 grand. So oh, yeah. are you giving, are you giving, uh, like the legal documents as well? I am giving my legal documents um, okay. that I use through the whole process. So there are multiple ways you can take over a subject to. Um, I like, I am a huge proponent of keeping it uh, simple. Yeah. Um, so I do, I am giving those documents and I've, you know, obviously everyone has to get those reviewed by their local attorneys because every state has different laws. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm giving my legal documents that, um, you know, just the purchase agreement that I got made was, well, I spent more than on that, just that document of itself and this course cost. So, um, and you know, my marketing campaigns, everything is going to be included. So I'm super excited. I think it's going to be an awesome six weeks coming up. So. Of course. So just as like a disclaimer, so no, nobody's getting any fault or anything. So you're not a yeah. CPA, you're not like <laughs> a lawyer, no, no legal guidance or anything like that. Yeah. But, but you've been doing it pretty damn successfully for for a good amount of time now and crushing it to say the very, very least. So yeah. to get yeah. your legal documents, which I'm sure you spend, you know, five, ten thousand dollars or more on, I'm sure with all of them combined, this is pretty, pretty damn outrageous to say the very least. So what are you holding back? Like, what are you holding back within the course? If you don't mind me asking, not to put you on the spot or anything, but there's got to be something that you're holding back. Um, as a, I'm really not holding anything back. Is it like, <laughs> is, is the course 20 grand? Oh, oh no. Um, so the course is 997. Um, you're 9, going no, 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 $997. And whoever signs up by the end of this week um, is getting a free one-on-one uh, -on -one session with me uh, on the phone. So um, by what day signing up right now? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, by the end of this week. Um, so by Friday, Okay. by Friday um, at noon Eastern standard time. Okay you will get a, a free one-on-one um, -on -one session with me. So, so yeah, I mean, when you look at everything I'm offering, um, I'm super excited because I have been going live. Uh, we launched this first uh, group um, about a week ago and we're going live. We're holding people accountable. We're getting people really involved. It's not just about um, even throwing you just the content. Um, I want to see your success and I'm going to hold you accountable to it in this class. I love it. Um, so as I continue to make this first go around, uh, I want, I love it when people give me feedback. Um, so I want to throw as much value at this group as I can, uh, considering it's my first one. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have some contests. Uh, we're going to kickstart the, the six weeks with a contest. Uh, we're going to try to implement a couple of the budget friendly to free campaigns that I do personally, uh, and see what, see what comes out of it. So yeah, I love it. I love where your heart's at. I mean, you really, for, for such a cheap price, you're, you're actually, for an investment, you know, on, on uh, something that is going to change people's lives. And you're actually, like, I can tell how genuine you are about actually holding them accountable and making sure they get their success. I mean, yep. that's awesome. And you're really not holding anything back. Yep. Um, Very cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, and just for you, Brandon, uh, once we get, uh, I'll be you know, giving you a link here to the course. And once you get that out to your, um, um, your community, uh, anyone that signs up here in the next um, 24 hours after he puts that out, 
Um, I'll even throw you an extra one-on-one -on -one session uh, yes. just for saying thank you and, um, you know, giving me some of your time as well. I know that you've added value. I'm excited for your book. Um, and I just want to do it as a thank, a thank you to your crowd. So you are the best. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate that. I mean, I know everybody else watching as well. They're going to, they're definitely going to love that extra hour with you. So that's great. Yep. So, um, yeah, and these one, you know, we've, we've been recently doing some coaching sessions and, uh, I just thought I see a lot of value in having a community involved, yeah. um, versus just one-on-one -on -one, where one-on-one, -on -one, like let's hold each other accountable, right. For very particular action items. But when you have a community supporting you and especially like a very, this is a very niche topic. Yep. Um, so I always like to tell people this, this, uh, course is not to teach you how to evaluate, you know, your first deals and all that. This is really geared around understanding subject twos and, and finding candidates for them. Um, so okay. having a community there to lean on each other, um, bring up, you know, they have a lead or whatever, so we can all support each other is really important. Yeah. So at the end of the day, this is like straight up, uh, creative financing, which is awesome. And yeah. it really, it eliminates all the competitiveness, uh, to a certain degree. And you really stand out in a whole different manner with also making it so, so damn profitable for you with a huge cash on cash return. I mean, that's awesome. I love it. Yep. Yep. Uh, I just feel like you can't get better. And there's a, so many creative things you can do with subject twos. I mean, I like to keep them simple, but I mean, if they have tons of equity and even if they're not highly distressed people, but they, they get how it works and they want to get even more creative with you, they can do that. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's just a ton of value and, uh, you know, uh, again, I always love it when I don't have to raise a significant amount of money and pay double digit interest rates. I'd take a 3% loan over all day, every day. That's right. Yeah. That's awesome. So. Cool. So you guys heard it first. I mean, obviously this is a no brainer. If you guys are interested in real estate investing and want to take your business to the next level, obviously subject twos are, are definitely the way to go. And, and I mean, learn it from obviously somebody that's already crushing it, get that, put that investment behind somebody that has already been there and done it and very, very, very successful at it. So, um, super excited and thankful that you're actually given an, an additional hour as well, because, that initial hour is awesome. It's tremendous. It really breaks down a lot of um, things that somebody's going through currently and getting a little bit of understanding, but then an additional one as you're starting to really take action and roll with the punches would really separate, you know, make, make the huge difference. So um, very, very thankful sure. for that. So if anybody is interested, I'm sure you guys are all interested, uh, reach out to one of us and, um, and just mention, you know, ready, set, go real estate investing podcast, Brandon Elliott, and uh, you'll get obviously taken care of, which is awesome. Very exciting. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Feel free to reach out to me or Brandon and we will uh, definitely make sure you get hooked up and we can uh, spend some one-on-one -on -one time together and rock out some of these subject twos. I love it. So what is, what is your future kind of hold for you? I'm very excited to see like where you're going, where you're at at the moment. And I'm sure the rest of this year, it's going to be a, a home run and just crushing it. But where do you see yourself in the long term? Um, good question. So 
for some of them that, you know, are listening that do know me, uh, my biggest why is wanting to be a mother someday. So um, even though I scaled this year, you know, I did learn that scaling and that's why we're taking a step back to figure out, you know, how do we put more people in place? Um, Because time freedom is really important to me. And how do I operate the business without being in the business every day? And um, my goal is to master that over the next year so that I can have the time freedom and decision to be a good mom. Um, so I'm getting married next year and, uh, that's my why. I mean, I come from a big family. I want to have a family, um, in corporate life. I can tell you, uh, I was traveling, you know, four out of five nights of the week. I can't imagine doing that with kids. Um, so I feel you if you're out there and having to do that. Uh, but I don't want to, So if I can have any say on it, I'm going to work my butt off to try to figure it out. And uh, my goal really is to work less. So I'm going to figure out how I um, continue to grow my financial uh, income and work less. So that's really where I'm going, Um, whether it's in real estate, online, um, you know, I don't care what it is that we have going on. uh, My goal is to automate it. So I love it. That's where we're heading with that. So, so you're focusing on building the family after you start setting up all these systems in place. Very exciting. Yep. So cool. that's kind of where we're heading and uh, working pretty hard with my coaches to get there. So we'll see uh, what, every, what life looks like in the next 12 months. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Exciting. Well, thank you so much for all your time. You are amazing. Very, very blessed to, to have you on here. How can people get a hold of you? Um, and thanks again for having me. Um, I really appreciate you reaching out and giving me the opportunity to talk to your audience. I love helping as many people as I can. So I really appreciate it. Um, I can, you can find me. Um, I will say I am maxed out on friends on Facebook, but you can still private message me. Uh, my company name is, uh, heels homes, H E E L S H O M E S heels homes. It's at heels homes on Facebook. You're welcome to also, uh, private message me on there. Um, and you're always welcome to uh, shoot us an email. Um, and that's uh, heelshomes at gmail.com is our um, key uh, email there and reach out in that fashion. And you'll definitely be able to reach us um, with a response within that same day from any of those means. So um, that's probably the best route right now to uh, get a hold of us. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. I got uh, one of my friends, Daniel, jumped on here and he said he's got a subject deal in the mix and he's wondering if she'll be interested in chatting. Of course. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Bring him on board. Yeah. Um, reach out to me and uh, for sure, let's work through it. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for viewing. Um, you guys can always reach out to me on brandonelliotinvestments.com. Um anywhere on social media, Brandon Elliott Investments. And what else? If you guys felt, you know, you, you took in all this value right here. There's so much today. I'm, I'm just super blessed to, to be able to soak all this in. And, you know, I'm just a mediator. I'm, I'm the middleman here. So I'm very, very blessed to be a part of this. And um, if you guys found value, do me a favor, share this out uh, to get more people interested in real estate investing subject twos are not talked about enough and this is one of those home run type of investment strategies that will take your business to the next level so very very grateful and thankful um 
be a part of this. So share it, get it, get more people interested in real estate investing. Um, like it, subscribe to the podcast, Ready, Set, Go Real Estate Investing. And yeah, till next time. Thank you so much again. You're the best. All right. Thanks again, Brandon. All right. God bless everyone. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go Real Estate Investing Podcast brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.